Welcome to a very special episode of the Loot Cabal podcast. Um, you have myself, Max Da Vinci, um, Grad Wolf, will be shortly joined by AB Van, and we have a special guest with us today, Conard. Um, so, for those of you uh, who are wondering what we're doing, uh, we're actually not, we're taking a slight diversion from our regular fare of cinema, and we're talking about a uh, 37-year-old Swiss man who attempts to win a title. A Romanian who's fresh from her successful act in Paris, a Spaniard who's trying to continue his form on grass, and a Serbian who's trying to reconstruct himself with greatness. We're actually talking about the Wimbledon, which is uh, somewhat eclipsed by the World Cup, which is also happening currently right now. Now, every game in the Wimbledon is a knockout, and therefore we just thought we'll, we'll get the uh, gang together and talk about the draws. Um, the favorites, the upsets, and some predictions, and let's see if we can have fun as we go. So to start with, uh, since I have Gradwolf and Conard, who, if you follow their Twitter, are crazily into tennis, way more than I am at least, and so we thought let's start, start uh, the uh, discussion by talking about some of the interesting games. The first one I wanted to talk about was Stan versus Dimitro. Uh, I don't think, I mean, it's on paper, it's seems to be a close match but i don't think it's like stan traditionally is not very comfortable on grass plus uh, he's coming back from an injury and some really long injury so i don't think that is as good a match but yeah it's probably a small scare for dimitro who is who can be who can just uh, go away on any day so uh, it's a tricky match for him but i i think he shouldn't have any problems wait i mean stan and uh, mare probably have the worst uh... Yeah, if you look at there it, it was actually. I think Stan or Andy could have picked up any of these top guys for the first round. So that would have been really interesting. But yeah, he got Dimitro, thankfully. Yeah, but it's not like it's, it makes his job easy. If, if anything, it's unfair to Dimitro that he has to face uh, Stan. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. despite Stan's history of reasonably scratchy comeback starts, so to say. Stan at least is going to play. Murray, I think, is still in the weeds. Uh, it might be like a game time decision whether he's going to play or not. Yeah, I think it's a question of uh, fitness for him. It's like he he played means, but I don't think. Uh, um, I, I think he he needs to he wants to see if he's ready for a five set match. I and the way he talks, I don't think he's ready for to play a. I mean, of course, he can play a three setter, but if it goes beyond, maybe he doesn't have the fitness right now for him, and so that that will probably tell him to take some more time for rehabilitation he lost the first round at, at queens right to kirgios yeah yeah he lost kirgios and that was like the opening round that was like a comeback match uh, the other one the other interesting game uh, in the uh, first rounds mm-hmm. is i think there's the monfields and gas uh, gasquet game right gasquet yeah that that i'm looking forward to watch it'll be i mean it'll be really a clash of styles so to say but uh, it's, it'll just be entertaining to watch i don't care about the result really I hope more fans win. Grass court match. It'll be a fantastic match, true. Yeah. yeah. I was looking at the uh, men's draws. I mean, it looks like uh, I don't see any ma- any upsets at least in the first round. 
uh, I mean, we always spoke about the, uh, the Stan and the Dimitrov game, but I don't think any, I don't see any other upsets. Who's Djokovic playing in the first round? Djokovic, I think, is playing uh, tennis and green. Uh, I thought that is, yeah, yeah, I remember seeing this. I thought that that could be like a very, yeah, like it a, could be bad, bad chance of uh, an upset. Yeah, I, mean, I want to see it for two reasons. One is the, the sadistic pleasure of seeing Djokovic get knocked out early. The second is <laughs> is to see the, the writer's reaction of losing uh, to Sangreen. The work, the, yeah, yeah, the work people on uh, Twitter. It's like, yeah, you know, the, all the, the good things happen to them. Djokovic fans will probably, like, I already saw some tweets saying uh, that just get out of this match at least. <laughs> you don't have to win anything else. Uh, that kind of a sentiment with uh, this one. But I, I think he had an early exit in French, so I don't think he's in good form. But but yeah, it, 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 I mean, it, except it, for that one brief run, he was never really in good form. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but even before he could, uh, he could kind of hog the limelight. Poor guy, uh, all his Twitter history came to haunt, haunt him. I mean, rightfully so. I'm not like trying to. Yeah, rightfully. Even if he gets yeah. past the first time, I think he runs into uh, Dominic team uh, after that. So. It's not looking good for him anyway. Yeah, he has Dominic Thiem and he has Kyle Edmund, who is now the British number one. Oh, uh, right. He is sort of in uh, decent form. Uh, and obviously, playing in Wimbledon is both, uh, I think... Uh, yeah, I think uh, potential yeah. third round might be uh, Kyle Edmund. Yeah, potential third round is Kyle Edmund. And I think on grass, Kyle Edmund will probably be uh, tougher one than Dominic Thiem. Dominic Thiem is still trying to find his way through grass. Uh, I mean, he can play. Uh, he even has a title there. I think he won Stuttgart and he uh, Stuttgart and he played and he beat Federer also there. Uh, but I think he's still not Wimbledon quarterfinal level yet. But he can do it. But uh, yeah, it depends if he actually gets to face Novak in Wimbledon. I mean, yes, if at all he has to make a good solid run to the to the later part of the uh, tournament, this is a good quarter to be in, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has, and although yeah. although that that goes against your Kyrgios call. No, I don't know about Kyrgios call, but uh, yeah, Kyrgios is a bit tricky here. I, I think he he's facing Nishikori in the third round, so that will probably be yeah. his first uh, tricky match. Uh, if he gets out of that, then I think there is a. I, I think if Zverev in the fourth round, yeah, Alexander Zverev versus Kyrgios is a fourth round match. So that is a good match, and that. It's probably the key for both of them. I can't wait for for Kyrgios to have one big tournament where he puts an end to all this rubbish of flashy, flashy men versus serious men. Yeah, I know. He has to apply his mind and like, and like you look across sports, fucking the same narrative goes around without any anybody questioning it. This might be easier, right? Because uh, uh, I was looking at it and I mean, uh, early calls. But uh, we could have a Federer, Chilich, and a Nadal, uh, Kyrgios semi semis. Yeah, but any year could be his. Could be his year. I mean, it, it depends on. Uh, I think it depends totally on him. Like he could beat anyone. He beat the. He's beaten all the big four, and he's beaten three of them the first time he's played them. Uh, and he loves these, uh, you know, really uh, noisy and. Then he likes a big stage, matches. right? I mean, it yeah. kind of brings out the best in him. Yeah, so I mean, so he, this is, this is, I think, a decent draw for him, but he just had, needs to wait through someone like Alexander Zverev, who's Alexander Zverev is another curious uh, player. Like, he's, he has, I think, three masters now, but he's not yet settled in the Grand Slam stage. I don't know. I, I It's very tricky. I don't know what's bothering him. Uh, Played those three five setters in French Open, and yeah, yeah, yeah. he could have like he. I thought he would just reach the final. He would beat Dominic Thiem pretty convincingly. He could have, but I think he. What what 
uh, stopped him was uh, playing the three fighters before three fighters before he faced uh, CM. Uh, but I think uh, until he makes a good run, like Kyrgios, he's he's again going to be an interesting question mark in every Grand Slam where he could do anything. But if he loses, there is no surprise. The yeah, but it's slightly. Hoping... I mean, it's a very like similar kind of strand of narrative, but slightly different in the sense that Kyrgios is not seen as someone who's who who's, who dominates on tour, but somehow fades on the big stage. Kyrgios is just uh-huh. seen as a wacky guy with his brain all over the place. It's as if it's like. That's just one thing. If he has a good psychiatrist help, he could just be the number one in the world kind of a nonsense. <laughs> Whereas with Zverev, it's more like, uh, you know, like he's just not raising his level to the big stage yet. So, it, I mean, it's, yeah, there are two different contents, but it's, it's still, uh, they've still not come good on their promise kind of thing, but yeah. But I mean, what is this coming good on the promise thing? Who has come good? Did Dimitro come good? Did like well, even... Seniors, I guess no one has. <laughs> no one has. I mean, that is not a problem with some sort of a psychiatric setup of the next generation. It's just that the previous generation happens to be so good. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Like maybe, uh, yeah, when, when you have four players who are playing great at the same time, uh, at least two of them are going to come good at some point. Correct. And we are forgetting the like fact that Stan had his own run in between as well. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and Stan and now, now Silistra, I guess he's taking his place. Yeah, like it's not like before where one or two players are the one dominating and you just get past one and the other yeah. will probably be on the other side of the draw and you can just. Not everyone is firing at the same time, but yeah. Speaking of da- the dark horses that I'm hope- rooting for, as always, are uh, Ra- Milos uh, Raonic. And of course, it looks like uh, Djokovic also might be a dark horse this time. No, Raonic, I'm quite surprised because he, he didn't he have a deep run like the year before when McEnroe was kind of a consultant or whatever that was. Yeah, that was two years ago, right? <laughs> yeah. Was it the same year that uh, that Martina found out that McEnroe is paid much more for the same work or something? Yeah, possibly. Deep... Yeah, possibly. Yeah. It was the same year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but uh, Raonic has been ma- making a lot of waves, and therefore I think uh, you know. This could Raunich, be I think, yeah, yeah. Raunich, I think he's been bringing his time for grass because he knows this is uh, this is probably where he'll do, do well. So he's not. He's been like away for the last like three four months, and I think he's totally. He was also not completely fit, or he had some injury issues. But I think he always knew that this is where he will come good. So and he reached the Stuttgart final. Uh, so yeah, he's in a good shape. But I think he has to get past Silic before he. Comes to the Chilich round is yeah. finally be the key. It'll have everyone saying serve bots and service and service winners and that's it. Yeah. Raunich is basically coached by Ivanisevich, no? Very... No, no. He was coaching Silich once upon a time. Now he's a Raunich, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that that prototype will somehow take effect, no? That uh, <laughs> No, no, I mean, you don't need his help. Yeah, Raunich himself is the classical goat, uh, grass court player. He just has to get past that one hurdle, the final hurdle, which is kind of standing in between him and the title. See, everyone we're saying something, if Kyrgios only has a little bit of focus, he will get to the title. Now, Kyrgios yeah. is a classic uh, sporting narrative, right? It's just like he has got phenomenal natural talent. That's just that one screw in his mind is like loose. Somebody needs to tighten it up. Maybe we need Rudy Webster from West Indies, you know, conditioning him. So, Kyrgios uh, is Rohit Sharma of tennis. There was some coach like that in the Indian team also, no? During 2002, who was that? Paddy Upton. Paddy Upton, yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, correct, correct. We had, we didn't have mental conditioning. The South Africa had mental conditioning coach where they start, they started. I, I, uh, I thought we had someone in 2002, 2003. 
Not 2002. Not I mean, Paddy Upton was eventually part of our setup and Kirsten was the coach. Yeah, it was the Kirsten World Cup. He was the one who wrote about how Sachin is such a dedicated cricketer. Once Sushan Sharma kicked the ball with his foot and Sachin said, this is the one which feeds you. Respect it and all that shit. <laughs> anyway, from Sachin, let us come back to real champions. Let's talk about Djokovic. No, I mean, Djokovic, I felt was uh, good even at little, uh, Roland Garros and that loss to Chechinot, I will not count. Um, and even at yeah, Queens, he did well. He lost a very tight three-setter to Chilich, but otherwise, Djokovic is in Djokovic mode. I think he's only grown uh, from, I think, Monte Carlo, where he lost to Tiam. He's had a steady uh, comeback. Uh, I, don't, I don't think he, he, he's had any hiccups since he since Clay started. Like he, it's, I mean, I'm, I, obviously, you can't expect him to just fire away right, right, uh, after, after, after such a bad form and also injury, but I think he's He's had a steady growth. I don't think there's anything to be... Like, he's not gone reverse uh, till, uh, since then. Of course, the second round match was weird. But I, uh, and Silich match, he, he, he had match points and then lost it. But I think it's just a matter of one or two more matches where he, you know, he closes a very uh, tight match. And I think he'll... Okay, so th- isn't this the Wimbledon where it is finally kind of open beyond the big four? When you're saying big four, you're, are you talking about Nadal here? Yeah. Like, what has he done in Wimbledon since 2009? Yeah. This is the year where the 2008 final may repeat. You will have the Fedal final. Everyone has to I think, Even Steve Tigner Yeah, Tigner has picked that final, right? If I'm not wrong. Yeah, Tigner has picked that final with Federer to beat Nadal, apparently. Uh, the, is this the Wimbledon where uh, even Federer... No, but I thought uh, the, the, the one that from, uh, Federer won out of nowhere uh, a couple of years back, 2016, right? When he took a break and came back and won out of nowhere. I thought that was like meant for Ravnic, so to say, like he was trying to mm. win that. So, so in the sense, this narrative has been going on for a while. I mean, that was at that time, Federer was ruled out. We thought he'll not, he's not going to win anymore. Was it 2016? Yeah, it was. 2017. 2016, he completely was out. Sorry, 17. Yeah. So, yeah, last year was that thing. So, but this year is like uh, everyone is coming out of uh, injury, right? Uh, even Mare, uh, Djokovic. Djokovic is not technically coming out of injury, but he's slowly finding his feet, no? And just that, I think both, uh, like, it's also, yeah, what you're saying, and also the fact that some young players have done really well in the last one year, and therefore, okay, uh, someone might click here with the, I think, the reasoning behind it. And of course, I think now. Uh, Marin Silic is now a proper threat in Grand Slams and especially US Open and here. We have spoken for this long without talking about Ferrer. So I guess we should give the old hag some airtime. I thought we did. No. <laughs> it's all part of the reverse jinx. We don't want to talk about Federer. We are a little, like, a little nervous about his chances. But yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I think Kori, Nadal has... Korik uh, is in his draw, is in his uh, section. Uh, uh, he, he just lost. He just be, Korik just beat him at uh, yeah. all. But I, I think Horis is another guy who's, I don't know, what is his best uh, Grand Slam result? I don't think he's done much in, in Grand Slam. Yeah, he's not go, he's never been to a fourth round. And his fourth round match is against uh, Fedder. Yeah, it should be before. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I would still think over a five-setter, it'll be harder to replicate. But, yeah, but yeah, outside of like specific threats, I think this whole narrative that Federer has come back and, and Wimbledon is just to lose. It's kind of tricky because it's not the same thing as Nadal coming back to French Open, even after a break, so to say. Like, it's much harder for him. Like, it worked out perfectly last year that he has come back from a break and he just won. Like, I, also, I am really nervous about his chances. Also, you know, I'm, I'm always, yeah, you're always saying, right? The other thing I think people miss is there are actually technical things that back this up because in grass court, things can just change so quickly. It's not like, you know, uh, 
at least in clay you have longer points and you have uh, i think you have many chances to come back but i think in in grass like there can be upsets or upsets together like i i think if you take up numbers from last many many years you'll see the seeds don't always hold yeah, like true. the way it does in clay so so i think grass is always tricky for anyone to uh, wade through and anyone to be cons- as consistent as they are on clay and plus i think the next best grass court player to federer uh, that gap is like much narrower than the next best clay court player to <laughs> rafa <laughs> that's a more important fact this <laughs> is a rafa section but i think the threat for uh, rafa is uh, misha zverev in third round he is yeah, like yeah, old school servant warrior and he won a title yesterday in eastbound and i think i mean I, still it's not it's, it's not a difficult match for rafa it's, i mean it's still five sets and rafa is going to see him through but i think if anyone is a threat then it's probably him but i don't think there are quarter finalists and semi finalists who can actually because if rafa gets past that i think he will go really deep but i can, i mean rafa talking of rafa's grass court chances i thought last year was uh, like although he got knocked out in the five set in the fourth round right but yeah, last year he looked quite uh, quite good compared to his mm-hmm. patchy form running into that wimbledon he's not been at his best since i don't know what 2011 or 12 when 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 did that uh, Russell, 12 is, uh, i think uh, rasol man then rasol kirios and darsis and like everything happened in one continuous uh, you know and dustin sequel. brown yeah, yeah yeah dustin brown and after after a while rafa was looking quite solid in wimbledon last year um, so i'd really like to see how he starts in the sense uh, if he starts off quite well he could he could i mean we can't rule out a 2008 repeat yeah i, I mean yeah that's what that's what i thought i mean that's what i, I think everyone wants also but uh, uh yeah he has uh, he, he starts at durisela and misha zverev and after that i think the only threat is delpo but delpo has to come that far to actually face rafa but yeah. so i don't know if, uh that's why so if he gets get past the second third round tricky matches i think he will definitely be in the semi the way i see it it is a fedal final the only one who can spoil the party is enga tanga talaivan phoenix paravai novak djokovic what is spoiling the party for it is not that uh, that big an underdog there and despite being a 12, no despite being a 12 time grand slam champion in the this in this wimbledon given how the draw is he is actually he is the underdog given how the draw is meaning what like what is stacked against him well the I mean, thing the fact, the I mean, you may not back him to win against these players in current form but that's got to do with his form the draw is not so heavily stacked no but that's what i'm saying right only he djokovic can beat djokovic so draw, then draw doesn't matter no so that is why it depends on him if he comes into song then he is unstoppable but then when he will sing god only knows for me fedal final is kind of the uh, what is say the least probability happening but anyways yeah because i don't think yeah, yeah i would agree yeah. i don't think even nadal is going to make it that far it doesn't look like it okay ashoka so i called my final four i called uh, federer chilic nadal kirios what is your final four mine would be same da federer It, it it can't be djokovic federer nadal no i think uh, one of the yeah djokovic nadal uh, one of djokovic and nadal i don't know about kirgios though but uh, i would replace that with uh, i would replace nadal with djokovic and that might be the final four adada i would kiss you if you were here ha yeah, don't need idella panna game alla okay wolf me yeah, i don't know man uh, i don't know i i think i'll go with your team the most likely is federer silich and nadal and kirios which, which is actually a super open match by the way 
like anyone any of the four can make it right that's why i'm i'm just going to the, i'm just saying fine let's do final four predictions conard what's your pick i am not so sure about uh, this fedal thing i mean the way you guys are talking i'm like i would love it to happen it's not fedal but at least let's go to the final four and then we'll see what will happen after that final four i would think i mean i would put at the moment i would put federer in there despite my nervousness about his chances and i would i would uh, put silich also in there uh, there's ravanich by the way ravanich and silich are in the same quarter right yeah ravanich yeah ravanich silich is the quarter yeah i mean i would put silich there like as a prediction but uh, i would want ravanich to come through and uh, i would see kirios in the in the other quarter third quarter where jokovic is there right jokovic is with nadal Yeah, that's what I think. Yes. Jokovic will come out of that. Yeah, so that's why right. the, no, the four that I see is Fedra, Chilich, Nadal, Kyrgios. The four that I want is Fedra, Raonic, Jokovic, Kyrgios. So ironically, Kyrgios is the constant among all this. Despite and what he is. And he, he may just get out in second or something. <laughs> I mean, that's true of all players that you're talking about. In the sense, I don't think there is a certainty of somebody going through to the deep end. Maybe Fedra. Maybe Fedra. But everybody else looks suspect for an early knockout. Silich, sorry, Silich is probably another one. Yeah, Silich is probably one who. who, who In fact, uh, Silich yeah. is probably the more likely one to go through without an upset. Correct. Yeah, Be- because yeah. Federer actually has some tricky matches. He has Karlovich, which could be tricky on grass, and then. We, don't we say that every time he he faces Karlovich? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it may never turn out to be close. Yeah, and then uh, and then la- last year's. Uh, Guy who beat Nadal, Jill Muller is in the same quarter, but I think Kevin Anderson will come through that quarter. Guys, you Federer fans are trying way too much reverse jinx. It's not, please, it is getting ugly now. No, not reverse jinx. See, it's not a question of reverse jinx, but I'm just saying it's, it can't be so easily assumed that he'll he'll have a, a fairly easy run to the final. He's coming back from a break. He's still not, despite a win and a final, he's still not looking absolutely fluent. And like Adi was saying earlier. despite your form despite your past track record things can turn pretty quickly against you in grass and there are some good grass court players out there despite the constant uh, you know uh, complaining of uh, death of seven warriors and stuff like that as if that's the only way to play grass and there are some good grass court players out there so so in that aspect you are like you are against fed you think fed is a purist in Fed is of course no, a purist, sense, you know that but No, purest in the sense what, like what? How is uh, you take any of the great seven volleyers from the past? Look at the percentage of seven volleying of uh, Federer since I don't know, since two thousand eight maybe. Let's say that's a landmark event. I don't know. Like he would be considered a baseliner in another in another era. Yeah, no, no, he's also a baseliner. I'm saying, but I think he, he, he when he says that he's only talking relatively, right? Like it, like for example, the uh, how the huge. Nalbandian final had no net points at all, something like that, and he doesn't want that. That's true, but I mean, it's one thing to say. Who are we to pick what percentage is healthy? I mean, if you really mean that, go and play like Edberg. No? Yeah, then everyone is going to Misha Zaveri is only our savior. Yeah, I mean, who was that guy who defeated Federer in the third round in 2013? Is it? Shakovsky, like I mean, at that time everybody was talking about uh, Edward Green Carnet, right? But that is also that's the exact point we are making about grass court tennis, right? Yeah, suddenly he'll come and then suddenly there'll be no one. Before people accuse us of seeing the uh, retired old uncles at Adair Beach wearing New Balance shoes and shorts, uh, let us talk about the more interesting uh, set of games, which is the women's bracket. I find the women's bracket to be the, the most the more interesting than the men. No, no, it is. It, it is definitely. Oh, women, it is like the men. I was more, able to more depth for such a long time. I can say what the final four is. Women's is a lot more tricky. Like for example, 
uh, Halep and Wozniak are at, at opposite ends, which is good. Um, but then uh, the See, ones they are one on and two, they will be in opposite ends only. No, but then the ones that are in, I'm more interested in is, uh, is Sharapova and uh, uh, Serena. Sharapova, we can give a benefit of doubt because this is Wimbledon. Uh, Serena, I, I am fairly sure that she will make it to the final four, if not the title. Final four, ah? I see. Sometimes see, you can say Halep is number one, Ozniaki is there, Quita and all that. But finally, muscle memory takes over in these events, man. She has won it so many times that I think uh, it. Her draw looks pretty tough, much, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, would say probably she has the toughest I of mean, all the sections. No, yeah, no, but then she's Serena, no? For actually the seeding that she got, her draw is not so bad. She has uh, she has to get past Svitolina in the third round, but Svitolina is generally known to uh, yeah her grandson yeah, Svitolina. There is Madison Keys. Yeah, Keys also again. I, I don't think on grass you can. Uh, they they'll actually yeah. Wozniak is the one who can actually uh, maybe trouble Serena in that whole quarter, and I think that is yeah that that will be a good match. That'll be a good quarter final. But till then, I don't think Serena should have a problem. In Wimbledon, I don't think you can easily beat Serena till that point. Yeah, I mean, that is the big four that I all, I mean, in my mind, that is the big four, right? Big four is uh, Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, and Serena. That's all. Just that uh, these three are playing the men's section and that uh, Serena is playing the women's section. Somehow you don't want to bet against them. Yeah, yeah. Can you can, can spend some time on the defending champion, please? <laughs> uh, Gabin. Like, the, the whole point of me staying back. To talk about WTA so that I can talk up the chances of Muguruza. Are you saying Muguruza is? Uh, I think I saw some news where uh, Garvin Muguruza lost. I think opening round of Birmingham, and that's what happened when she won the title. Also, so everyone is like, okay, she's definitely winning now. But she she has Jeannie Bouchard, no, in her uh, bracket. Hey, Jeannie Bouchard played three qualifiers and came to main bracket. Yeah, exactly. It's not like Steffi Graf is playing against her. Like, no, so uh, Muguruza is in section three, right? Yeah, so she will go. She will <laughs> You're talking like some study material. No, I'm looking at the draws, Mr. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mugita has to uh, has who? Carolyn Garcia and Angelique. Most of the Angelique Kerber she has to get past. No. Yeah, Garza and uh, yeah. Kerber. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, of course, my the favorite before the draw for me was Petra Kvitova, but she has like a really bad draw. Like super bad draw for someone yeah, like true, her. Yeah, true, 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 true. But still, I mean, in the, in the sense, do you still not see her coming through to the last four? Is it that bad a draw in the sense? I know, I know it's like a tough thing to yeah, come I mean, through. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it's, uh, she has, I think she has uh, the Ostapenko Sharapova winner in fourth round. That's a good match, maybe. That's a good third round match. Ostapenko Sharapova, if they make it there. And then she has Halep. Or Sharapova has to get uh, past uh, this uh, Sakari. No, that's not. I think she'll get past. I don't think Sharapova will have a problem to come to third round. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, anything can happen. Uh, and yeah, I, but yeah, Kvitova draws pretty packed. Like it's uh, like she, if, imagine she plays multiple three setters against these really good players, and then she has to face Kerber or Mugruta in semis. So it's, I think it's pretty tricky only. Uh, Angie Kerber. Mm. Kerber has who? Zwanareva. Uh, yeah, she is making another comeback. There were, there were, I think last week there were three Wimbledon finalists who were playing qualifiers. Yeah, so technically, if you think about it, Kerber and Zwarnareva, both are finalists. But yeah, she still has problems. Kerber, I think, is really semi. 
Yeah, Kerbas. Yeah, true. And given the form she's in. Venus Williams in a draw has uh, Pliskova, but I'm hoping Azarenka will do an upset there. Uh, that's, yeah, that's actually a decent call. It can happen, but so Pliskova is another person who who should probably play well on grass, but hasn't uh, hasn't done that. No, with her serve, man. With her serve and her mm-hmm. that flat forehand, I don't think she's yeah. uh, made a deep run in Wimbledon. Uh, but yeah, she she has uh, Venus Williams. Uh, Get past at some point. And anyway, both either whoever comes is going to get beaten by Sloane Stevens. You have some Sloane Stevens fan suddenly. No, but I am seriously thinking that I am. I have. I have. My final is. Halep Sloane Stevens is my final. Yeah. Oh, again, is it? Halep Halep Muruza and then Halep wins, and then Stevens and someone else, but Stevens wins. So I am. I am. Behind Serena, <laughs> only if you are not against. I mean, if you are not for her winning, you should explain. If you are, yeah, yeah. if you are saying you back Serena to win, you don't have to explain. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think it's we have quit over Serena final. Let's see. Yeah, it's something like that or Oh, quit over Serena. Well played. Even say, I mean, I would say men's. I think uh, Federer slash Chilich. Uh, uh, it can't be Federer slash Chilich, no. It can be. Federer Silic is a semi-final. Yeah, semi-finals, right? So yeah, whoever gets through to the final gets it, and women's uh, Serena. That would be my prediction. No, I think among the among the lot, I think Federer Silic seem to be the Federer because it is Wimbledon. So I, you can't ever say that he won't win it. No, but, but Serena, I think, is, is uh, very like very dark horse. Okay, probably dark horse is not the right word, but. Uh, out now. Out let's there. let's delete this section out. <laughs> <laughs> no, because she has to get. There is Muruguza, Halep, and Quitova. All of them. No, Muguruza. Da. Where are the correct Salamantin tries? Oh, Muguruza, no. Yeah, she's yeah. the defending champion, dude. Give her some respect. <laughs> <laughs> she's actually pronounced Muguruza, I think. Yeah, uh, no, whatever. The point. <laughs> See, the, the... I mean, is it such a easy? Deal for Serena, I know. I mean, Serena is Serena, and you don't question Serena. All the disclaimers apart, um, she's still making a comeback. She's still not. Uh... I don't see her getting past quarters. My bold call is Agnieszka Radwanska to reach semi-final. That is not That's a bold like, call. Yeah. That, is... <laughs> That's a bold call now, da. No, yeah, yeah, but that is. No, it is bold for other people, not for you. You are always <laughs> going to say. Yeah, you are always going to say Radwanska, anyways. Actually, I'm going to pick uh, Raunich and uh, and Muguruza to win. Hey, men's for final for everyone did women's. I'm asking. No, no, no. no. Before I could finish, you jumped onto this, so I didn't make my case saying uh, I would be very happy to see Federer winning, but I would be happier to see Raunich winning. You would be happier, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really want the guy to win. Interesting. I mean, it's not a very objective thing, but I'm just saying, like, how you want uh, Radwanska to like come to the quarterfinals, like relative to Radwanska's ability, that itself is an overachievement. So similarly, <laughs> like. Because I back Muguruza, who is more talented, I would think I, would, I can go for the championship. No, I mean to be honest, I, I really see her as a good, like see her having. No, no, she is, she is definitely like nobody. Nobody going to be surprised if she goes on the way. So that is there. Yeah. Venus is defending final points, right? Yeah, she, I think she. Uh, I, I think she, she should make it from her quarter, but I I, I just think finally Pliskova will come through her. Uh, Game in Wimbledon, and I think she will get past Venus to make it to semis. Let's see. Hey, yeah. no one else. No one is there. Quarter. No, no, but I mean, but we've been talking about Pliskova for a while. She's just not had the breakthrough in Wimbledon. Although yeah, she has yeah. a great game. There is that Pliskova uh, Venus game after, and the winner gets beaten by Sloane. So 
let's not go beyond that the radwanska one i will okay say it's interesting because radwanska wasniaki game is there because of that actually that actually that is the one that may not happen at all uh, because <laughs> yeah I, but yeah uh, yeah the other thing was i it will be interesting how uh, simona halep plays as a grand slam winner i think that i i, I think she she is going to be uh, i mean she's still uh, she has a semi finals on grass but i think uh, she she's going to play those one of those you know like post french open federer type like now i have nothing to prove so i'll just <laughs> uh hey. i'm going to uh, i'm going to just play my game so i, I think that will free up halep so well that i think she will be a threat in almost every grand slam for some point now good only we need yeah, someone to lo- lose to sloan in the final so it's okay no yeah, i mean we already picked that runners we're just talking about it from that perspective i think like mm. it's been a while since i saw the 2008 highlights but i think i saw it like 6 months back and uh, it's kind of uh, bizarre to go through it again because these are iconic matches and like you know you like if i didn't watch the highlights of it again i would still swear it's the greatest matches of all time and a match of all time i mean i i would still say it i'm not saying i will not say it but i'm just saying i will add certain qualifiers that that this is as per that time and the problem with the other iconic matches in this is that these guys have subsequently gone on to play for another decade and they both have gone on to become better players and with the last social open final we also got like a more classic contest between the two as improved versions of themselves it's going to be great when it happens i mean a couple of things about the rivalry in the sense that when you were talking about fedal as a great rivalry it's not purely because of their head to head it's because of how both of them competed against the rest of the tour to kind of corner themselves a lot of titles so it's about each individual overall achievements versus the other that's the way the rivalry was really being projected as i mean one on one obviously nadal was stomping on federer on most occasions Uh, and the yeah. second thing is even in those uh, skewed uh, contests the quality of the contest was still like really really uh, high quality matches even if you look at all the wimbledon finals even forget the 2008 uh, 2007 8 right 2007 was also a classic five setter right in which yeah 2007 was a classic five setter yeah yeah and 2009 was the open i think nadal won yeah fifth set i think nadal had two break points and all i think but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so the quality of tennis and the quality of contest was always superlative i think i remember if i'm not wrong uh, even the 2008 final in terms of points split was 50-50 something like very close to 50-50 i think mm-hmm. i remember reading that in vertens book so, so it's not just the head to head record and second thing mm-hmm. like even the 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 it's not just the aussie open right what has happened to the rivalry since aussie open federer has kind of had uh, a late good run against nadal which is kind of skewing the 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 head to head result back in his favor to an extent Yeah, it's actually it's actually positive for Federer on non-clay, and I think that's why he decided not to play clay. Yeah, that's one thing. No, and to to an extent, that was a working Nadal's favor for a long time, right? Because he always right. managed to reach the final final end of the uh, all clay court tournament to be up against uh, Rafa, whereas Rafa didn't kind of reciprocate that in his favor. So, but don't you think like, don't uh, you think that Federer's game has improved? Uh, you know, like since uh, Lubitschik's uh, addition, that his backhand, especially that snap backhand, has improved so much that. that has proven to be some sort of a negating factor to rafa's dominance over him now now the, the last 5 years you know that last 5 years let's let's take from that point of 2008 only we have always seen federer sinking and then we are saying federer has improved and then federer has improved again federer has improved so i mean the point is federer has had so much reinvention since then it is he is completely a different player right i mean he is completely a much rounded of player than he was in 2008 i would say 
and that is itself is an incredible statement because in 2008 he was the world number one and he was already touted to be the greatest of all time so for him improvement is like uh, what ian chapel used to say i mean uh, chapel used to say about tendulkar no like what should i coach him about what is there to coach him about but then that kind of uh, you can always put a parallel where i mean sachin and pedro like the the kind of uh, uh, versions that they went through uh, to perfect or to eliminate weaknesses methodically that kind of i mean underpins why i mean that but in federer it's kind of less obvious right because uh, people keep saying that he's at the end of his career but uh, we know our group kind of knows because uh, mayesh has been telling this and i also have been feeling that whenever i watch federer he looks rock solid and even better than i remember ever remember him to be right so yeah i do agree with you mahester that i think federer is kind of much much better player than he was no okay so so i have to qualify this i mean the reason why i brought that point up is like unlike earlier generation players like you you if you think of sampras who speak was let's say 99 wimbledon or 90 yeah 99 wimbledon is a classic case he didn't really go on to play for another decade for him to improve substantially because I mean, in a ten-year period, the whole game improves. The the game evolves, right? I mean, it's true of all sports. Yeah. The the difference between these guys and the earlier generation stalwarts is that these guys have been long enough to push themselves to really compete with the next generation and actually dominate. So the which is what I'm trying to say that Federer is not just the better player. I mean, it's not just that Federer is a better player now than before, which which should automatically mean that he should be an even more undisputed goat, so to say, than before. but it's just that these guys have stayed on being relevant for another generation which is quite incredible which i think is probably a better barometer of their greatness than just the number of titles that they have uh, that gets into the tricky discussion that if you are lucky enough to have longevity you have chances to reinvent yourself more rather like a, a short burst player uh, who no but you can't say longevity is probably the only quality where you can't attach luck to it in the sense see if you're lucky enough to have a great service is you can say that You're lucky enough to have a gifted body, athletic body, yes. But longevity is is anything but luck. So longevity becomes kind of a thing to, I mean, a big factor in uh, determining goatness. No, I would rather not have it because uh, there are people who have injuries, which is which you can say is a factor of luck, right? Uh, but goatness is uh, based on the. Uh, I'm saying okay. goatness. No, no. I agree with your point that just longevity alone, like for instance, uh, Jimmy Connors is probably not greater than Borg. You know, like something like that. Of course, Borg also has greater credentials. I, I agree with the premise at large, but it's not just that longevity with sustained level of excellence. That's what we are talking about. See, you can't hold a twenty-three-year excellence against Sachin, and compare that against a guy who only played for ten years. Unless in that ten years, like Bradman, he achieved substantially more. Then that's a different story. It's not like we are calling Alistair Cook the greatest batsman of all time. Please, please don't <laughs> sentences. No, no. Of course, I won't. What I'm saying is that uh, longevity, in tandem with such sustained excellence, is what makes them probably superior at least to any other greats from the past, so to say. Or you know, that's just a very precocious statement to make, but I'm still making it. Federal I'm surprised Abhi has not made any point. Is it because I'm cornering all of this 2008 discussion? Please, I'm keen to listen to Abhi's stance on this. On what? I, I think it's 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 a it's, it's definitely more stark in Nadal, right? Because in Federer, he was always the all-court player that uh, uh, he still is. So, whereas for Nadal, I think he's become a much uh, uh, better player and much you know he's he's 
is he become an even better player in, in non clear surfaces in 2008 I, I, i and he's had so many close calls in australian open i think he would have if, if not for those i think he would have like two three australian opens by now so i i, I, I think it's tarka and it's, it's easier to say that about rafa but about pedro it's very small small things uh, in his game and that that's that probably uh, credit to him because you know his game was already all court and all almost Yeah, very true, good true. at that point. So it's very difficult to see where exactly he improved and what exactly changed. Um, no, I think the the with Federer, you know, because at least for fans, right, that single-handed backhand was such a big chink in his armor against Rafa. Yeah, yeah. The fact that he improved it substantially over time seems like a huge scale of improvement. But your larger point is right that Rafa has probably gone on to have a greater turnaround in his game than than Federer from that point. Yeah, yeah and and but but at the same, having said that, it's also true if you take. their whole careers in perspective that no no one no no one probably in history of men's uh, uh, tennis has reinvented the game so many times like there there's difference between federer's game in 2001 and 2003 so and then you have a difference between 2003 and uh, right now so i, I because in 2001 like he was probably playing serve and volley to beat sampras and yeah true so that so so, so that kind of reinvention and that many times reinventing the game i don't think anyone else has done but that is a necessity in men's tennis no because uh, uh, in at least sampras time that there was an undisputed number one and then there were the rest of the pack even i mean it all due to credit to agassi and stuff but uh, anyways yeah. but but in federer's time right when when it did look like he was the undisputed number one there were uh, there was nadal and then when it was all federal then djokovic came then murray then uh, maybe i am distorting an accurate narrative a bit but the need to what the larger point that i'm trying to make is the need to reinvent is far more today because uh, tennis has gone to a different planet as it were no it's not just the need what i'm saying is that federer has elevated the the benchmark for achievement that i think to an extent he, he's pushed himself and others catching up have also pushed himself so to say in the sense he federer was pretty comfortable not winning french open right it was never held as a question i mean sorry sampras Uh, it was never really held against him too much and the other guy like you look at agassi who had all four he didn't really have the numbers to to back his case correct but no I, the, it's not the function of a, a great player uh, raising the, i mean setting standards it is a function of others really catching it up i mean that has not happened in sports as we know it i mean in, in the sports that we watch there is usually one great player who keeps the benchmark so high that it is kind of he, he automatically kind of becomes the greatest of his time or of all time and such like but in tennis right now there are other players who are just going i mean playing out of their skins to make it look competitive and that is where tennis is kind of a special sport uh, right now uh, it has always been for the last uh, let's say 8 or 9 or 10 years yeah for, i would probably say 10 years i mean yeah to an extent i agree with the point that it's not like a purple patch of one or two players in which they sparkled and then tennis was back to normal standards what i'm saying is that uh, you know federer and nadal and then later on djokovic that sustained level of excellence for so long it's not just a purple patch that they had so they really pushed the whole tour you know to 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 kind of strive for much more than what they were striving for so in that sense they contributed significantly to the improvement of tennis or the, to the improvement of competitiveness of tennis obviously when i say improvement it's a very qualitative term and i'm sure a lot of old timers will say tennis was so much better in mackenzie box time there's no variety and whatever nonsense but purely in terms of 
you know, the sheer competitiveness. I, like, for instance, I think I wrote about it in 2011. Uh, there was a US Open final between Djokovic and Nadal, right? I think there was a four-setter. That was an amazing match, yeah. The quality of uh, drives and, and, you know, the way the ball hit the strings. I have not seen that consistency of hitting all my life. And to an extent, all the events that led up to it from 2007 onwards. I would think 2007, Wimbledon is probably the starting point of, uh, you know, that elevating the game, so to say. All that contributed to the quality of hitting that we see in the game today. Even for Stan to win, right? It was not like a like a random lucky break that he had. He his he really pushed his game to that level where he can compete with the big four. And and if you look at it, when he's on song, nobody hits the ball better than he does. Correct. So uh, I mean, even we can even include Murray in this, right? Because uh, we were always there was always this talk that uh, these players like Murray and Wawrinka, uh, if they were by some uh, magic born in another era, they would have been a dominant player of that era. But uh, it just so happens that they were unfortunate and they were born during the time of these three that they didn't win I mean, that much as they should have. It's a little tricky because, uh, you know, recently I was having this Federer argument with a friend and about head-to-head and all that. And that's when I realized that Murray actually had a better head-to-head record against Federer during Federer's peak. Hmm. Did you guys know this? I think that that is sort of uh, I think that's sort of the reason why Fed has never uh, you know warmed up to Andy the way he warms up to Rafa. Uh, he had a really like here are some I think first few matches uh, he lost to Andy and then there was a nine seven in favoring Andy at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even Hubert for that matter started off with some six one or seven one against Federer if I'm not wrong. Then it became yeah, seven six or something. Yeah. And I mean, talking of era, right? Hewitt enjoyed the brief period of being in the right, being the right man in the right era, right? Between the Sampras legacy mm-hmm. to the Federal Nadal, where he was looking like a multi-slam champion. I mean, he was a multi-major champion. <laughs> the last thing I wanted to do, ask Wolf Macha was uh, mm-hmm. there is some rumors that Federer is moving to Lacoste. Uh, there's rumor that he's moving to Uniqlo. So all those uh, Nike RF caps uh, suddenly become very expensive on eBay now. Oh, it's become expensive already, yeah. So apparently there was a there was a there was a uh, news that the RF uh, the the thing is uh, the rights is held by Nike alone. But and if if he lose if he leaves Nike, then he loses the uh, logo also. But but I don't think some business savvy person like him and Tony Gossick will uh, leave that just like that. But yeah, I don't know. It seems like he doesn't have a like the contract with Nike is already over. They're just in the process of negotiating another one. Right. But and uh, the rumor is that mid-Wimbledon, uh, the new one might be signed. Oh, you mean with Nike itself? No, no. Which whoever. Whether Nike oh, okay. or uh, if it's Lacoste or uh, Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like, people who hate Djokovic don't want him to sign with Uniqlo because he thinks, uh, they think that Uniqlo never designed good uh, stuff for Djokovic. But, but I don't know. I, 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 I thought Uniqlo is a pretty great brand, and 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 people are also talking about how Uniqlo is Japan-based, and uh, this is probably a signing with Olympic Tokyo 2020 in mind, and all those things. So I don't know. It may be true. So no, that and that, and then the other one is we have to put sweepstakes on how many times Serena Williams seeding will be brought up by commentators. Oh, every match, yeah. man. Every yeah, every match. As long as she's there, I think it will be it will be brought up. I think she's just going to play this one as warm-up so that she can win uh, US Open. I think she's going to win this, dude, because uh, a lot of points to be proven, a lot of uh, social points to be proven. And 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 she's so driven. Did, have you seen her Twitter last 
uh, yeah 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 so she said four days to go people, she's putting countdown and, and then she she put that goat to eat with pepper and so yeah it's, she's like she's totally there no, I, I i think she'll make a quarter final run and when she's there for it you know she can do it so uh, my thing is she'll make a quarter final run and this will be preparation for her to blast everyone in us open because home Barry court lost even the defending champion so b castle huh Yeah, so Stephen is a defending champion in US Open. So I know, but still, the narrative, the the story plays out much better. You know, coming home, Queen is in New York, kind of a thing. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to this very special episode of the Loot Cabal podcast. This was our Wimbledon special with the tournament kicking off um, uh, soon, and uh, we pro- hope to do more of these uh, specials. And let's see how this goes. Please let us know your feedback, and we'll come back with more of these. Thank you. 